Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Yeah, so I mean, I'm uh, what I'm hearing, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, is that instead of going for the Band-Aid of here's a diet plan, go do it for 90 days and you'll lose weight. Instead of going for that Band-Aid that is unfortunately the common way of doing it, you're looking at changing almost like the inner person and, and how they relate to food and, and why they eat in the first place. Is that right? 100%. Yeah, I don't believe in uh, rapid weight loss and I don't promote that sort of nonsense. You know, if you want to lose as much weight as quickly as possible then I'm not your guide. <laughs> In this episode, I talk to Daniel Thomas Hind about building healthy eating habits. Put down that fork because you are now listening to Tiny Leaps. Big change. Big change. episode of Tiny Leaps, Big Changes, where I share simple strategies you can use to get more out of your life. My name is Greg Clunas, and in this episode, I bring back on a crowd favorite, Mr. Daniel Thomas Hind of Evolution Eat. Now, I'm a huge fan of Daniel's. He uh, first made his debut on this show back in episode 262, I believe, where we broke down why it's so difficult to eat healthy and to build healthy habits. And I just thought, you know what, I have to bring him back on. So thankfully, we got to work together. I'm helping him with some stuff in the podcasting realm. And uh, part of that is bringing him back on and giving him more of a platform to introduce what he does to you, the listener. And, And so we brought him back on. In this interview, we break down everything. We go deep into the emotional side of things and and really just try to understand the mental and stressful side of eating and how we build relationships to our food. And he breaks down some really solid strategies, stuff that he uses with his clients to help make that happen. So without further ado, I'm going to uh, roll that interview. We recorded it a few days ago. I'm doing this intro uh, after the fact, but uh, you're going to want to make sure you stick all the way to the end because this is fire. All right. So we've got Daniel Thomas Hind back on the show from Evolution Eat. Uh, Daniel, before we really jump in here, I've got so much stuff I really want to dive into. But uh, just in case someone is listening to this episode before listening to part one, which uh, was episode 262, just in case this is their first 
introduction to you. Tell us who you are, what you do, and why we should care. (laughs) Thank you for having me again, Greg. You are awesome people and your listeners are awesome people. Yes, my name is Daniel. I am the founder of Evolution Eats, which is a diet and lifestyle coaching company. And over the past uh, few years, I'm proud to say that I've built a coaching business that's allowed me to coach uh, personally hundreds of people um, to really transform their relationships with food and permanently change the way that they eat. So we're interested in habit change and diving into the emotions and mindsets and rituals around eating so as to uh, create lifelong success. There's a major difference between going on a diet and adopting a lifestyle as a way of being. And we're interested in helping people create a breakthrough in their life around their relationship with food and eating and health in general by creating a, um, uh, a lifelong success plan, if you will, which really means just learning how to fall in love with the practice of showing up powerfully for yourself and showing up in a healthy, uh, in a healthy way for yourself. So, uh, it's really mean it's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm what I'm hearing and, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, is that instead of going for the bandaid of here's a diet plan, go do it for 90 days and you'll lose weight. Instead of going for that bandaid, that is unfortunately the common way of doing it. You're looking at changing almost like the inner person and, and how they relate to food and, and why they eat in the first place. Is that right? 100%. Yeah. I don't believe in uh, rapid weight loss and I don't promote that sort of nonsense. You know, if you want to lose as much weight as quickly as possible, then I'm not your guide. (laughs) What we teach is evolution. You know, success in any endeavor is an evolution. It does not happen overnight. And I use this metaphor of, um, of a piano player all the time. If you wanted to learn how to play the piano, it's very, um, tempting to want to be able to play Mozart on day one. But the truth is that you can't play Mozart on day one. Mozart couldn't even play Mozart on day one. So why should you be able to play Mozart on day one? And when it comes to our health and our diet and our eating habits, this is all a skill. So eating healthily, eating healthy is a skill that you practice and develop over the course of a lifetime. Really, it's not a goal that you accomplish and then forget about. So changing that paradigm, shifting that paradigm alone is life altering. If you start to think about your relationship to food and diet and health as a skill that you develop and practice, you, it kind of takes the pressure off of having to get it right mm-hmm. within 30 days, right? And lose as much weight right. as quickly as possible, right? To achieve some sort of goal. You'll achieve the goal through your practicing and improving, uh, and, um, and iterating over time versus trying to force outcomes. Because the truth is that if you want to make this real for you, then you have to create entire new uh, habits and rituals and emotional uh, understandings and like literally rewire your brain in certain ways, which just takes time. You can't make that happen in the snap of the fingers. And um, so we provide coaching and a structure and a philosophy 
um, that, uh, that creates for that, that breakthrough, that opportunity for the breakthrough. Yeah. And, and so you, you kind of touched on this, uh, earlier and definitely we talked about it back in episode 262, but I want to, I, I, I want to ask you directly, what have you found with the people that you work with? You've now worked with hundreds of people. Why is it like, what is the reason that people want to change the, the way that they eat and their relationship to food? What, what is it that, that they're coming to you for? Mm. That's a great question, Greg. That's a great question. People come to us because they know that there's so much more that's possible for themselves. And they are so tired of feeling hopeless or out of control or confused or frustrated by this whole health and dieting thing and experience themselves as quite literally held down, blocked by the way that things have gone and are ready to make a drastic shift. Mm -hmm. Unsure what that shift is or how to get there. Mm -hmm. We don't need like that's what we provide is the how and the structure of support and accountability. But, um, it's that they, they know they, they, they become clear on their why, which is like, I am capable of so much more. And this is the biggest or amongst the biggest roadblocks in my life. And so it's much more than just losing weight. The weight is often, uh, um, it's just a, it's a symptom of the way that things have been going. But we have mm-hmm. people who work with us who from the outside, you know, externally look very healthy, but when you actually dive deep into their psychology and, um, and their, uh, their emotional history with this stuff, it goes really deep. There's a lot under that's going on underneath the hood. That's motivating, them and conversations that they're having with themselves on a daily basis, right? That voice inside your head that just doesn't shut up. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I, I love this response and I'm, I'm going to be totally transparent here, uh, both to you and the listeners. I, I kind of led you to this place on purpose because there's something that I really want to drive home to those of you listening who maybe are struggling with this problem yourself. Uh, I am by no means great at my own, uh, eating habits sometimes. And, and of course, like I try to, but, but I stumble all the time. One of the number one things I've learned from Daniel since, uh, introducing him into my network and, and seeing his content and, and just being able to, to pick his brain every now and then is that the reason we come to our, uh, diet and, and wanting to change that comes from an emotional place. However, the process we take so often is pure brute force willpower. And that, that doesn't make sense. If, if it's an emotional cause, why aren't we tackling the emotional side of it? Am, am I wrong in saying that? No, you're entirely correct. I mean, you're speaking my language, man. That's, <laughs> that's what gets me so frustrated about um, this whole industry that's only offering the shiny object at the end. And that's pushing 
this plan, that plan, putting a time limit to it as if you can somehow like will yourself into changing your entire relationship with food. And really it's, 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 it's yourself. It's your relationship with yourself, how you show up for yourself. You know, people use food to soothe, um, pain relief and, uh, and stimulation are the primary motivators that describe many of our actions and, and our thought patterns, right? So pain mm-hmm. relief evolutionarily, it makes sense. If we were once, if we were in pain, it once meant that something was seriously threatening our very existence. So we want to do something about it. But now when the pain is no face, it doesn't have a body. It doesn't have a substance. That's no longer the case. You know, we live most of our lives in our imagination. And as I said before, that voice inside our head talks incessantly. And when we um, start to think about our food choices as influenced by these deep-seated motivations, then we can come to understand that relieving pain or dressing up feelings with food isn't only a misapplication of food's role in our lives, but it's also directly at odds with getting what you ultimately really want, which is power, vitality, health, confidence, um, self-love, a sense of mastery, a sense of control, sexiness, you know, and weight loss. True. Uh, but, um, but it's these emotional underpinnings that often stem back to childhood. If like, (laughs) if we really (laughs) want to go deep, it's like certain childhood rituals that you had, uh, with and around food that influenced the way that we, um, that we relate to it and then come to mm-hmm. depend on it to achieve an emotional reward, right? It's, it, this is why abusing food is so common because we look to food to get an emotional reward. That's often pain relief or stress relief or, um, or stimulation or novelty or excitement or a sense of connection, right? I mean, my story and I, I, I think we talked about it on our first episode. And if not, I can, um, I can just link your, your listeners to, um, to, 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 to that story, to, to my uh, ebook that would be, a, that goes deep into all that. But, um, you know, I grew up an emotional eater and, uh, was addicted to food and I didn't really think about it that way. Cause it wasn't so bad that it was taking control of my life, but those tendencies, um, uh, were traits of mine that I carried through for, throughout the rest of my life and still do, I still have taken with me, even after I quote unquote cleaned up my diet and have built really sustainable habits and, um, and come to depend on eating good food to, to, to fuel me and to just make me feel good. I mean, it's a self-reinforcing mechanism now. I still have those emotional eating tendencies that will rear their head sometimes, especially when I'm like tired or overly stressed out or um, deciding to take a night off for myself. Those unhealthy habits really rear their heads where taking a night off for myself and watching uh, a TV show, for example, which is a rarity in my life at this point, <laughs> often like the, the voice in my head says, okay, that means that you're going to, um, you're going to go have a food fest, right? Like you're going to order uh, delivery. And then the second you order delivery, which is like kind of letting down my guards a little bit, I, I it's just a no holds bar. Oh, I got to yeah. eat, and eat, and eat, and eat, and eat. And even still that shows up for me today. I've been working this, I've been coaching people for five years and I've been eating clean for 10 years. And even still 
it, that emotional underpinning mm-hmm. goes so deep. Um, and so to overlook any of that is just missing. I mean, most of the equation, the food is important. Your diet is important, but it's like a fraction of, um, of the equation. It's a fraction of the equation or a fraction of the puzzle, however you want to look at it. Yeah. Uh, and we have to look at so much more, really the humanity behind your motivations and why you're eating mm-hmm. and the foods that you're eating. Support for this episode comes from Grove Collaborative. Did you know that many of the household cleaning products you use, think of the big brand names that are probably under your kitchen counter right now. They can do more damage to your health than they're worth. I'm serious. The chemicals found in many of these products can affect breathing or even irritate your skin. And if you have someone in your household who has asthma or some other kind of breathing condition, these chemicals can make those things worse. That's why I personally try to use natural products whenever possible. And with Grove Collaborative, that's easier than ever. Grove curates amazing premium quality products that are both natural and sustainable. Everything on their site has been carefully tested and selected. Recently, Rachel and I got a box of cleaning products from the Grove Collaborative website, including a Mrs. Meyers Lemon Verbena dish soap that we are absolutely in love with. It cuts grease better than any other soap we've used. It smells amazing and it's all natural. So we know our dishes will get clean without all the other stuff that we don't want. Now, if you're ready to make the switch, if you are ready to embrace natural products, I've got an amazing deal for you. Get a $30 Mrs. Myers kit, a bonus gift, and a two-month membership to Grove when you go to grove.co slash tiny leaps. That's www.grove.co slash tiny leaps. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, I know for me, uh, just in my own life experience, uh, a lot of when I eat poorly and when I, I sort of fall off of, of the standard that I've set for myself uh, comes when I'm in, uh, let's say I, I visit my parents' house. And, and so I'm, I'm there for the weekend and I'm in this environment where I have all of these memories of being a kid and uh, ordering KFC wings and, and Domino's and, and like watching a movie together and, and having all of these like really great memories that unfortunately didn't have the greatest food attached to it. Um, and, and that's a big trigger for me that, that causes me to, uh, to fall off and it's okay to fall off obviously, but I want to make sure that I limit that as much as possible. What I'd love to hear from you is what are some other like common emotional or, or mindset based triggers that you've seen in your clients? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm like caught right now in that idea of going back home to mom's house and just being, (laughs) just being (laughs) immersed in that little kid attitude and overall way of being. And it's not even like a conscious thought of, Oh, I used to eat these foods when I lived here kind of thing. It's just a sense of, you know, it's just a sense of like, I can do anything and I'm being taken care of right now. And, and, you know, and I'm off from life. Like I'm off from life. And, 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 And of course, none of that is true. And I don't aspire to that, but that's the second I walk in that door and I see a fridge full of food that, 
even if it's healthy food, like for whatever reason, for me, I have this overwhelming sense of, oh, I, I have to eat all of it. Like I'm mm-hmm. here and I have to eat all of it or I can it doesn't matter what I do and don't eat because this is this part of life exists in this little bubble. And then I'll soon right. get, and you know, there's nothing wrong with that so far as you're clear that, uh, that you're clear that there's nothing wrong with that and, or that you like don't have any conflicting feelings around it. Right. But it, it becomes very uncomfortable when you're living dividedly when, whereby you're doing one thing, like you're stuffing your face and you're saying, I really wish I wasn't doing this right now. Right. And for mm-hmm. many, and that's an example of how many people relate to food and eating in general. It doesn't have to be just an isolated moment back at mom's house. It's like on a daily basis, you're eating foods and you're saying, I'm not really sure why I'm doing this, but I feel so compelled to that. It's almost like a, a powerless experience. Like the food has power over me. And there's, 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 there's a whole spectrum, um, on which this occurs for many, for, for a fraction of us, we have like for a fraction of us exist on like the, the upper extreme of having a binge eating disorder and that I hate the word disorder. So I, I, because I, I don't believe that anybody is disordered. The, the whole, the way of posing it would, would seem to suggest that like there's something wrong with you and that we need to, we need to fix you in order to solve that issue, which is no, it's just, it's, it's something that's happening and it's an issue. It's something to be dealt with and, and worked on, but there's nobody in my mind is disordered. Um, but for the sake of simplicity, there are a few of us who have those tendencies and those behaviors. But a lot of us exist somewhere in the middle to the lower end of the spectrum where we just feel compelled um, by food on a daily basis. We don't know why. And we live dividedly saying, why the hell am I doing this? I wish I wasn't doing this. I want to do better or whatever. And then, But we don't know how and we don't really know how to actually get to it because the solution for all this is – Um, often just going on another diet, which only makes the situation worse because you learn how to, how to get to the goal versus how to actually learn the practice. Right. So now everybody's completely caught up with the conversation that we're having. Um, uh, so other, other reasons you had asked, what are some, uh, other reasons that people eat? Yeah. What are some of those like emotional triggers or, or mental things that we should watch out for? Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of people, pain relief and stress relief is obvious, especially in this modern day and age when so much is coming mm-hmm. at us at every moment. I mean, we're just overstimulated, you know, we're, we're overstimulated all the time. And it makes sense if you have hundreds of text messages coming at you, hundreds of emails coming at you, many tabs open on all of your browsers, you're responding to all this stuff going on in the outside, all within like, an hour or two hours of any given day, uh, it makes sense that y- y- you, you don't know how to actually process being with it all, right? It's just, it's you're, 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 it's, you're like a processing system and you don't know how to process being with all this energy coming at you. So it makes sense that you reach for food or something else to, to stimulate yourself or to just like channel that energy out into food. Um, another example would be, uh, connection, you know, and this sounds, this sounds wacky, right? But a lot of us use food as a way to connect with ourselves, to connect with, um, 
food becomes like a dependable friend. And I can speak to my own story here. So I grew up an only child uh, and um, uh, Italian family, Italian mama. She loved me to death and fed me a lot of food, which was the way that I started to relate to food, that food equals love. But as an only child and both of my parents worked full time, um, I had to entertain myself a lot. So I was home alone by myself a lot. So food became friend. Food became um, a very dependable friend that I could rely on to make me feel good, right? And so engaging with food became a way of engaging with myself, right? A way that I would just be with myself and have fun with myself and play with myself. And that habit carried over for years. It's still with me. It's still a way that when I say, oh, I have a moment for Daniel, when I have a moment for myself, often um, food kind of pops up into my brain or becomes this overwhelming emotional, like, well, that means mm-hmm. that I gotta, right. So connection, um, with oneself, which is why like, so when we've conditioned ourselves to form this intense bond with food, it's really hard to pull back. Right. But if we were to just look at the situation from a bird's eye view, if I could, I can talk about myself objectively, uh, right now, like there are dozens of applications beyond food that can satisfy the emotional relief that you're craving, right? So food is only one of the many ways to get the reward that you're looking for. In that case, connection, uh, in the prior instance, stress relief, right? Food seems in those moments, like overwhelmingly the best solution to get the reward that you're actually craving, the emotional reward that you're craving. But it's only one of many ways to get the reward. And it happens to be not one of the healthiest ways to get the reward. So that shift in perspective and then training new habits around it will transform your life. Um, and that's, you know, that's the sort of work that, that uh, I do and that we do it. Mm-hmm. Got it. Uh, something that so I, I watched this great video uh, yesterday from one of my favorite actors and, and overall personalities, Terry Crews. And uh, uh, he's it, it was, awesome. He's, he's amazing. For he's, anybody who doesn't know anything yeah. about Terry Crews, listen to his interview on the Tim Ferriss podcast for podcast listeners. Here. Oh, I haven't even listened to that one. Oh, my God. I... I can't, it's so good. You must, you must dedicate dedicate two hours of, of any given (laughs) day with any points. You finally have two hours to it. It is so good, but I, I I interrupted you. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a huge fan of his. He recently did an interview on uh, the daily show with Trevor Noah and, and that was out of this world good as well. Um, but so I was watching this video of his from, uh, back in 2016, he released it. And one of the things he talks about, it's about the his keys, I guess, to self-discipline. Mm-hmm. One of the things he talks about is removing the temptation, right? And and I know this works really well uh, with people who are just trying to to start eating healthier. Is you know just don't buy the unhealthy stuff. That that's an easy way to to start that process. I'd I'd love to hear from you based on some of the triggers that you've seen in in clients when they first come to you or uh, things that you really have to spend some time with them on. How would you suggest removing temptation outside of just not buying the food? Because I know for me one of the things I 
end up struggling on is it's not a part of my weekly grocery trip, but then I might end up running out to the store for just for that one thing. If I'm really having a, a tough day and, and unable to, to, uh, manage it. Yeah. So there are multiple layers to, uh, doing this effectively and it depends on where you are along the process. So if you're just starting out, then, um, if you're just starting out, then what I actually work my clients, uh, work with my clients on is simply eating enough of the good stuff. So like rather than removing things immediately, uh, and, and, and approaching this, <laughs> approaching this, uh, this whole process with, uh, I can't have this mentality, which is what dieting is pretty much. And then people start to hate that process and start to crave the things that they're not allowed instead of focusing on removing things, which is, uh, actually a re- like impossible to create a habit around. It's impossible to create a habit around moving, removing stuff. Um, you can create a habit around adding stuff though, and actually think focusing on the things that you can control your choices. So we're focused on making he- as many healthy choices as possible. So really what that means is just eating as much of the good stuff as possible. And, uh, for the sake of timing, I won't go into the good, what the good stuff means. It just means eating clean, uh, eating a uh, a diet that looks like what our evolutionary ancestors ate, uh, meaning, uh, removing processed foods, depending on how, uh, open to it, you are removing gluten and most forms of dairy, but we don't need to remove all that immediately. It's just focusing on the good stuff that is inside of that. So lots of healthy fats, lots of healthy veggies, lots of protein that fill you up, etc. So focusing on eating the good stuff and then creating habits around having three big meals a day, bigger meals a day that fill you up so that you're developing a positive relationship with food. Uh, what will happen then is that without is that you'll unconsciously start to eat less of the bad stuff, right? So that's, that's the idea. We're going to train that habit of eating three healthy meals a day and don't focus on anything else other than that. Next, we'll start to remove um, all unhealthy foods from the home. So if you live by yourself, this is pretty easy. You just don't buy anything that's super tempting, right? Um, and what we do is we... we uh, anchor the week with what I like to call a celebration meal. So you could call it a cheat meal if you want, but I like to call it a celebration meal for like, you're actually celebrating yourself. You're acknowledging yourself for what like you're that. up to. Um, it's just a different mentality. And I like to call it out ahead of time. So as to actually make it really worthwhile, you know, there's a major difference between going to McDonald's by yourself and just like, like, like constantly going around the drive through and getting more and more Big Macs in a, in a, in a, in a night where you feel totally overwhelmed versus declaring, I'm going to go to one of my favorite restaurants around the corner and I'm going to go with my friends and I'm going to purposely eat tacos and burritos and whatever, right? Like I'm going to have an experience around this major difference. I'm declaring something that's actually adding to my life, a really fun night out with my friends and a memorable experience. And I'm going to celebrate the work that I'm up to right now versus I'm cheating myself and I really can't tell anybody because this is embarrassing, which is people, how people often relate to cheat meals. Mm-hmm. Um, and declaring it ahead of time at what most of my clients find is that they, it takes the pressure off. So like if we tell ourselves we're not allowed to do something and then we do it, 
So if we say, oh, I'm going to be perfect tonight, I'm going to go out to dinner with all my friends, I'm going to be perfect, I'm going to be perfect to the plan, and then we and then we end up having the chip or the this or the that or the bread or the this or the that, uh, something happens in our brain where it says, well, I've already failed, so I might as well eat everything. To me, I call it God is dead, eat the world. Like it's that mentality of, oh, I've, I'm, <laughs> I'm not on it tonight. God is dead. I'm going to eat the world. Like nothing matters, right? That's amazing. Um, yeah, that's, that's like how overwhelming it feels to me. But if I approach that night where I tell myself, I'm going to celebrate tonight, or I already know that I'm going to go off plan tonight. And here's how I'm going to go do it. I'm going to have a little bit of bre- uh, like the bread or the chips, and then I'm going to order uh, a dessert because I really like dessert. You know, I really like ice cream, like whatever that is for you. I'm going to allow myself to do that. I'm going to, pre- I'm going to protect my imperfection here. And I'm going to be with my friends and with the people trusting that, um, I'll be like that going off plan, so to speak, is actually being on plan. When you decide, when you declare that it's, that it's going to go a certain way, you relieve yourself of having to get it all right. And you relieve yourself of that sort of perfectionist attitude and mindset that leads so many of us down those really negative, uh, paths that then lead to guilt and judgment, et cetera. So, um, so I'm, I'm really, going off of it. No, no, no. Yeah. I really love that that last piece. I want to make sure that I, I drive it home because I think it's such a great way to end is uh, going off plan is actually still staying on plan so long as you, you declare it ahead of time. Really, really love that. Daniel, this, as always, has been such a valuable interview. So much stuff here that I know people can take action on immediately. Uh, if they want a little bit of extra help or if they're just like, you know, that that dude, Daniel is a cool dude. I want to connect with him. What do we do? How do we get in touch with you and, and uh, go a little bit deeper? Yeah, Greg, I, I mean, I, I so appreciate our conversations, man. We could talk about this stuff forever together. <laughs> um, if anybody wants to get in touch with me, I invite you, if you're listening right now, to just literally reach out to me personally. Write me at daniel at evolutioneat.com. That's the word evolution and eat, E-A-T, all combined, uh, .com, Daniel, D-A-N-I-E-L. And just put the, um, the name of the podcast in the subject line, and either I or my assistant will... Um, make sure to to flag all those emails down. I really do love to talk about this stuff, and um, and and either she or I can direct you to whatever would be helpful. We do have, you know, we have we have an ebook that I would put behind that I that I stand behind proudly. It really talks about all the stuff that we were talking about today and a whole lot more. It's it dives deep into. Um, the way that I coach my clients. And I, if you heard something for yourself today, I really encourage you to, uh, to get that. You just need to sign up to the email list. But if you want to speak about something that you heard specifically, just feel free to reach out to me, to email me. Um, we have coaching, we have, we have, you know, we have coaching options and things like that. And, um, I have a six month program that we're doing a summer launch for right now or next week that, uh, um, that we're really excited about. So, 
Um, those are the things that are, that I'm up to in my world. Yeah. If you heard something for yourself, reach out and we'll have a conversation around it. That's all that we do. We have, we have, we're really invested in just the relationship to this because, uh, the relationship within this, because it, you, you have to, we're, we're mm-hmm. in the transformation business and the relationship business. So, um, with that, love it. Love free. it. So, uh, you guys know, since the day that I started this show, I have never once proclaimed myself to be an expert. My job here is to connect you to the resources and the people who can actually help in the areas you care the most about. That is what Daniel is. So, I highly, highly recommend you reach out to him, Daniel at evolutioneat.com. Send him a quick email. He's, he'll take care of everything and, and help you on that path. So Daniel, thank you again for being here. I really, really appreciate your time. I appreciate the value that you've brought us. And for you guys listening, I appreciate you spending some time with us. It means the world to me that you're willing to tune in every single week and, and just allow me into your life. So I, I really, truly appreciate that. Thank you for listening. And remember that all big changes come from the tiny leaps you take. Every day. Every day.